It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure, as it always is, to have you guys out there listening, because without you, there'd be no point. Uh, I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan, author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. This podcast is sponsored by Paperplanes, who help you send programmatic direct mail. Want to know what that means? Then visit flypaperplanes.co.uk. They're offering a huge discount to listeners of this podcast, a discount of up to 50% off rate card for any campaign that triggers at least 10,000 prints. Quote Masterplan to receive that. And I have to say, if I was still working client side, this would be high on my test list. If you've got conversations, if you've got questions about e-commerce, then go and join in the chat in our Facebook group, which is called the e-commerce master plan world facebook group and you can find that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash facebook lots of discussion in there both about podcast episodes and about what's going on in your businesses anyway enough of that let me introduce you to today's special guest neil cocker is co-founder of ramp t-shirts the world's fastest smartest custom t-shirt ordering site for teams and events last year they moved from wales to bulgaria to drastically reduce their costs and are a little bit obsessed with efficiency and conversion rates they launched in early 2016 and already have a six-figure turnover hello neil hi chloe nice to join you yeah great to have you here i've just given our listeners ridiculously quick overview of what you're up to at the moment but how did you get started off in e-commerce well um my background is actually more my original background my sort of entrepreneurial background is the music industry so i started uh pretty much straight out of university as uh running a record label uh and was a dj and music producer and actually enjoyed that lifestyle, very much a lifestyle business for uh, the best part of 10 years and got to travel the world and basically get paid to, to get drunk and play records for people in different countries. Um, uh, and then and the rest of the time was either making records or, 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 or selling records. Mm-hmm. So um, when that kind of all came to an end, um, I took... Uh, the insights I had from the music industry and started a print-on-demand t-shirt printing platform. So what that allowed uh, uh, people to do was if they were in a small band that couldn't afford to buy 100 t-shirts uh, and sell to their fans or didn't have the infrastructure or the the means of drop shipping, what they could do is they could upload a design, create a, uh, a t-shirt online, uh, and then share that with their fans. Their fans could buy it. We would print it, ship it direct to the fans, uh, and the and the band would get their uh, would get their commission. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, at the beginning of last year, in early 2016, we joined a startup accelerator. So we've been based in Cardiff. I actually moved to Cardiff in the 90s to do my degree, and I've been there ever since. So uh, the business Dizzy Jam, uh, which is still operating, still profitable, still a, a successful business. Um, we joined the startup accelerator because we wanted to uh, refresh our skills. Cardiff is a great city, incredible quality of life. Um, apart from the rain, it's pretty much the perfect city. Um, the problem 
is that it doesn't have much of a technology startup scene. Uh, it's getting better, but we found ourselves really struggling for sufficient advice or relevant advice, I should say, access to finance, that kind of thing. Um, so we moved to London temporarily to join a, a technology startup accelerator to try and get more of that advice. And in the process, op- uh, identified a, 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 another opportunity, and that was to print t-shirts in bulk uh, for teams and events. So instead of one-offs direct to fans of bands, we'd be printing 50, 100, 500 for brands, companies, events, that kind of thing. So different, exactly the same tech base, just a different front end um, to some yes, extent. Yes, uh, yeah, different, diff- pretty much a very, very similar tech base, um, different uh, revenue model, um, mm-hmm. but uh, much more simple B2B, whereas the previous businesses B2B to C, um, yeah. we're basically facilitating other people selling to their end users. But actually what we're doing uh, here is just selling direct to the um, direct to the end business. Um, so yeah, we joined the Accelerator, identified the opportunity, launched Ramp T-shirts within about six weeks. Wow. Uh, and then um, at the end of that Accelerator program, uh, and what I should explain for those of your, uh, for, for your listeners who aren't fully conversant with the tech startup world is an Accelerator program is a, is a three-month intense process where you're basically boot camped till you hate everybody and everything uh, <laughs> and the intention really is for them to try and tear down your business to either make it make it resilient to make sure they understand that it's going to work or as happens to about 20 percent of businesses that go through the process you close it down because um fundamentally the the premise is why waste two or three years of your life trying to validate a business that actually never had a chance of working so in this three-month process you either find out whether you're going to fly or die um and so uh yeah so within a couple of months we've done that at the end of the process most of the startups on that um cohort had decided to um raise investment Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it comes with the economic model of tech startups. Most of them are what we call SaaS businesses, software as a service business, or a Uber for X business. Yeah. So one of good friends, uh, Jean-Michel, runs a thing called Le Salon. It's basically Uber for um, manicures. So if you're a busy, uh, busy career uh, woman in London, for example, and you haven't got time to get on the tube to your favorite nail technician, um, you have a nail technician come to your office. Pretty pretty simple model, but they needed investment to get to the point where they had sufficient mass uptake of their model. To, you've, uh, you've got to get that scale, haven't you? So you need money to get, get scale to get yeah. it to even work. Exactly. So most tech startups need scale to work because most tech startups have either thin margins or low turnover or low revenue per user. So you might have a, I'm sure you use lots and lots of widgets and services that cost you five, 10, 20, $50 a month. Um, now a hundred of those aren't going to make you rich. 10,000 of those are going to get you some way there. And a million of those are going to make you rich. The problem is that getting to a million users is actually very, very difficult. So Neil, did you go down the investment route or did you guys, given it was a physical product and you don't need a million users exactly. to make a profit, did you avoid the investment, keep all your sure. company and exactly so that that was the that was the the thought process um and we kind of hit the ground running but it wasn't enough right so it was we were trying to support three people in london uh and as you know that is not necessarily an easy thing to do also we're on reasonably slim margins um so despite having good revenue we still weren't really making any cash 
Um, everyone else was raising money around us. And we thought, you know what? There's another way. Um, and that's to drastically reduce costs. Now, the, 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 the thing I haven't said is um, there are three founders of this company. One is Welsh. Um, one is English, but effectively Welsh. That's me. And the third founder, who's our CTO, uh, is Milan, who is Bulgarian. Uh-huh. Uh, so the Bulgarian we, connection. The Bulgarian connection, uh, as I will now call him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I, I should just give him that as a wrestling name. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so we, we were kind of vacillating. Do we stay in London where we have more opportunity or do we go back to Cardiff where we have lower costs? And then it's like, well, why don't we try out Sofia in Bulgaria? Um, and I was at a point in my life where it just made sense. Um, and I had no commitments in the UK, uh, no dependents, uh, and I was very much up for an adventure. Uh, so me and, uh, Milan, basically, uh, Milan has a young family. So, um, yeah, it just, just made sense for us to look at Sofia. I mean, literally 70% of our costs just overnight just went. Um, wow. I can live off a pretty paltry wage here that wouldn't get me uh, three days into the month in London. Um, and actually, my, my quality of life here is better as well. Um, and so, although it was only ever really meant to be a temporary move, uh, it's become a little bit long, more longer term here. Um, and yes, yeah, so that's instead of going and trying to raise a quarter of a million pounds, which is a three to six month process and basically incredibly draining emotionally mm-hmm. uh, and financially. Um, and with no guaranteed outcome either. You know. At, you know, and actually, we one one thing I didn't mention. Part of our kind of journey in inverted commas is very much that we we tried to raise investment a couple of years ago, and uh, it almost killed us, uh, and it fell down at the last minute and left us in all sorts of bother. And we mm. were very keen to not to go down that route again. Yeah, because the thing thing is, the second you move to Bulgaria, the costs are gone. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like you go. Right. Okay. Uh, we're going to work for three months to try and find a way to reduce the cost, and then we'll see if we succeed in three months' time. It's like mm-hmm. no, it is the die is cast. Yeah, so, exactly. um, on the costs front, have you got the machinery and the print? Do you own the the print uh, and warehouse aspect of things, or no. are you? No, we, we are, someone we're, else. Yeah, we're a technology company. Although this is the other thing. I mean. <laughs> Actually, with pre with the previous business with Dizzy Jam or the the other business, um, we did try and con- without wanting to sound like uh, uh, using Marxist terminology, we controlled the means of production, um, mm-hmm. and uh, although the margins were greatly increased, the potential for scale is a lot more difficult because you spend all your time printing T-shirts rather than building the business. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so for this business, we very much looked at what do we have to do to scale? Uh, so we are a technology business. We are a front end. We effectively act as a broker. Um, we have print partners around the world. We get the very best prices uh, and we're able then to leverage that that price difference. Um, and yeah, so we're all about scale, which is why efficiency is absolutely key to us. Um, okay, cool. Look, we're going to dive into the efficiency and the conversion rates and all that stuff nice techie side of things later but first of all, I just want to kind of clear up a couple of things just so everyone's got a clear view of the business so you are in Bulgaria and you're selling all over the world yeah I mean we, we actually um, we concentrate on Europe and America um, just because America is relatively easy pickings 
um, because of the size of the market and the maturity of what we do there. Uh, people are easy to convert and convince. And Europe, because uh, it's our home territory and we uh, we understand it. Um, but our, our primary focus is Europe, but we, we do pick up a lot of business in America just uh, by osmosis, I suppose. Okay, cool. And we've talked a little bit about the team, the three founders. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it still just the three of you at the moment? So we have a um, uh, bunch of uh, technology uh, developers, uh, web developers who work with us on an ad hoc basis, uh, and we have a full-time member of marketing staff uh, in the Sofia office. So, uh, and we probably within the next couple of months going to be taking on three to four more people as we're growing. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a small team, but again, this this comes from the I've never really bought into the uh, to the employing lots of people equates to a good business. Uh, I'm very much about <laughs> lean businesses, um, and I know lots of people who thrive off having a big team, uh, and they enjoy that. And for some of them, also, there's an ego element to that. It's like, hey, I employ 50 people. It's like, well. <laughs> Yeah, but human beings are hard work, you know. It's like yeah, yeah. I've, I've employed teams of three, four, five before uh, in previous iterations of the business, and takes seventy percent of my day. Um, and so I'm keen to find ways to, uh, although it impacts on your margins ultimately, uh, I'm interested in how this how staff impact on your scalability and your quality of business and your quality of life. Cool. And uh, I'm guessing your, your platform's completely bespoke? Yes, yes. But are there any kind of widgets or plugins you've added into that to make things work well for you? Yes, yeah, so 100%. Um... Yeah, I mean, we obviously use stuff like Google Analytics and uh, and various things to allow us to analyze the traffic. Um, I think uh, we use also a less commonly known thing called Hotjar, um, mm-hmm. which is a, a great tool for having – we use it. It has a lot more applications, but we use it mainly for funnel visualization. So you can literally see we've got a four-stage funnel from homepage to checkout. And we can see where the drop-offs are. We have a very, very simple site. We're all about simplicity in in the process. Um, So I can very, very quickly look at this funnel and go, okay, we lose lose 50% of our people between homepage and order page. Why? Um, So Hotjar is very good. I would say our single biggest asset in terms of third-party widgets or services um, is live chat. Um, Lots of people use Intercom. We actually use Talk, T-A-W-K. which is a free version, um, and I can honestly say that live chat is absolutely key to us. Um, when you're talking about a high value, I mean our average our average basket size is in the hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Um, and if people don't know you, if they don't already have an established relationship with you, trust is very, very important. It's not like you're buying off Amazon where you're spending five quid on a plug socket or, or whatever, where if it turns up and it's rubbish, then, you know, okay, well, I've lost five quid. These are people that, A, care about the cost, um, but they're also people that care about the quality of the product. So they want to have some sense of um, they're dealing with human beings who they can trust their brand to as well as their money. Um, and live chat is just a great way. I mean, we, I would say in the last couple of months, 20 to 30% of all of our sales have been converted and facilitated with live chat, whether that's somebody quickly asking, 
hey, can you do this T-shirt in turquoise? Or it's people asking more complex questions, understanding. Or, and I think some of those people just want to chat. They literally just want to know who's on the end of the line. Can yeah, I? Yeah, just people? is there someone there? Yes. Do they understand what to take? Just that yeah. whole trust piece, really, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think trust is absolutely key for us. And we're actually doing some more more stuff, building the site to engender trust um, and put a more human face on it. Because I think in the early iteration of the site, we lost, a, we were so focused on simplicity, we lost a little bit of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no photos of the team on there. Um, for example, currently, by the time your listeners hear this, uh, there will be. Um, but those things that can just add 1%, um, and we're a relatively low traffic, high revenue site. So actually, 1% for us is is a reasonably big deal. Um, and when we start to bump up our traffic, it becomes a very, very big deal. Um, so we're constantly looking at ways of just making people feel comfortable. Um, I'd say less than... 20% of our uh, sales come from people who have zero human interaction with us before purchasing. That's a cra- it's a crazy stat, isn't it? Do you think that's because you're B2B or do you think actually most of your B2B customers are acting like B2C consumers? Um, I, think, I think it's because we're B2B and also, you know, T-shirts are a pretty emotive thing. Whether you're giving them away or you're wearing them for your team or you're standing uh, on a street corner handing out flyers, they have to represent your business. And if somebody delivers you some tatty old cotton with a <laughs> faded print on it, that's not good enough. Um, and I think also people don't understand. I think also people's understanding of the mechanisms of printing and the processes of printing is pretty limited. Whereas you and I both understand that if we got, let's say, 500 business cards, we understand the parameters of what's good and bad, right? You know yeah. roughly that if you if you spend... 20 quid with Vista print, you're probably going to get some flimsy little kind of, you know, but if you go to your local printers and say, I want your best quality, I'm willing to spend 100 quid, whatever, it's going to be a much, much better uh, outcome. We understand that, but I think with T-shirt printing, it's a little different. Um, So some people just need to be reassured that when a when they spend five... That you're not Vista print. Well, yeah, I mean, Vista print (laughs) do, you know, they're perfectly good at what they do, but... uh, but, they but when often, someone's wanting to come and buy your volumes, your quantity, the people you're marketing to, they want that sure. yeah. that product, yeah. which isn't going to let down their brand. Absolutely. And so I think some people, are, and those people who buy off us sort of sight unseen, I normally come from a, a strong referral. They check out our five-star reviews. You know, they, they probably do a little bit of due diligence in the background that we don't even know about, right? Um, so, so, yeah, I think trust, I think the higher up the value chain you go, trust is much more important right so i would probably buy let's say a i wouldn't buy an amplifier for a stereo online that costs a thousand pounds without having done um yeah. at least an hour's worth of reading around the subject um and i think the same is true for what we do like i say people spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds i mean we've got some clients who've probably spent the best part of five ten thousand pounds at this over the last couple of months um but once they've – this is the other thing to understand is about lifetime value, right, is once you get them and you do a great job, good brands will come back. 
It's one of those good things, I guess, about selling T-shirts in bulk that are branded online is that the chances are someone's either buying it because they're doing an event, you know, they're turning up at a Mm. show or something, in which case they're going to need more in the future. They're doing it because they're giving it away, in which case they're going to need more in the future. Or they're doing it to clothe their staff. In which case, they're going to need more in the future. Exactly. It's- so, you know, there is, there is a, yeah, we're still calculating our lifetime value as it, because it goes up. We've only really been operating a year. Um, and the other thing that I really should mention about coming back to live chat as mm, a really, do. really powerful tool for us is people ask in inverted, comma, uh, in inverted commas, stupid questions. Now, of course, there is no such thing as a stupid question. But when you get in the early days, we had a, a couple of people would ask, how much is a T-shirt? And you'd be, well, we don't sell a T-shirt. We sell hundreds of T-shirts. That's what we do. Mm. Um, But when multiple people ask that, or they don't even click on the button that allows them to calculate the instant price, because that's one of our USPs, right? You you get a price in like less than a second. Um, Because the print industry is still fairly, the pricing is fairly complex and obfuscated. but when multiple people are saying how much for one T-shirt or how much does it cost for 100 T-shirts, then we're not doing our job correctly. The yeah, they shouldn't is, need to ask you the price because the whole point is they don't have to ask you the price. Exactly. So, so actually, when you get inverted commas, stupid questions, what that's actually telling you is you're not doing the, – the site is not signaling strongly enough. So, of course, there will always be people, people who are fundamentally lazy uh, – and we find that a lot, actually. We're getting people who are lazy. Um, how much for 250 T-shirts with a three-color print? And literally, all that it would have been quicker for them to type in 250 <laughs> into one box and three-color into the, the next box and yeah, click yeah. a button. But I think sometimes it's um, there's the, the human transaction, right? Uh, I think still we're in a situation, I think it's going to get better as millennials start to move up the, the purchasing chain. You know, in, in five, 10 years time, 70% of all e-commerce transactions will be done by people who were born after 1990 or whatever, right? So, um, and those people will probably be perfectly comfortable trusting an automated site. But let's say, for example, you're a 52-year-old guy, you've been tasked with buying a bunch of t-shirts. That psychological process it's interesting that those people would actively choose to ask a human rather than click a button, which mm-hmm. is five times quicker. Okay, I want to, because we're, we're covering a lot of ground here, but mm. I, we talked a little bit about efficiency later, and I want to pull that back in. You also mentioned funnels. Mm. And recently, in episode 120, I talked to an American man called Trey Llewellyn, whose business is so funnel funnel focused it's all funny he's like the extreme version of funnels sure squeeze pages single product this upsell etc now you're talking about funnels in a very different way and i think it's really good to have that contrast because you're looking at your whole website as a funnel but there's lots and lots and lots of pages going on so do you want to just talk to us about how the i guess the clarity of that of seeing your site as a funnel enables you to be efficient in what you do and and those kind of areas if that makes sense yeah i think so um I guess maybe talk us through the funnel might be a way to do it. What does the the funnel look like? Yeah, the the funnel at the moment is very, very simple. Um, And actually, one thing I'll come back to is we're now having discussions about whether it's too simple. So you come to the homepage, bunch of smiley faces, nice T-shirts, hi there. Um, There's some options to click a little bit more about us. 
uh, find out a little bit more about the business. We're improving that. Um, but fundamentally, everything signals you to click shop now, um, or at least, you know, there, there's a there's a an op- we hope that's the first thing that people do, and we try and push them towards that because on doing that, then they discover what our USP is. So, what's the so second the page, stage? So, the second stage is literally. Um, so the first stage is shop now, and that takes you to uh, a bit on the homepage. That's like how many T-shirts you want, how many colours are in your logo. So, for example, you want 250 T-shirts with a three-colour logo. You click a button, then it opens up the calculator. You get an instant price that is calculated both as a total price and a per T-shirt price, um, which I think is quite important as a as a signal, really, because I think some people go, "Oh, 500 quid's a lot of money," um, but then you go, "Actually, well, it's only like three three pounds a T-shirt or four pounds a T-shirt." Actually, I can justify that to myself as a marketing cost. If yeah. give that to a client, it only costs me four pounds, and they are twice as likely to buy something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. Then there's that. Uh, there's a little calculator which we predict sizes. We use big data to predict the sizes you might use. Obviously, if you're buying in America, uh, the number of double XLs you need will be different than if you're buying in Switzerland. Uh, you know, so so we use a little bit of data there to to help the customers. Because a lot of people just don't know. I don't know. I'm buying yeah. 100 people, you know. And then we also offer the chance to collect those sizes from their staff if they're, if they want. Um, and then they upload the design, they position it on the T-shirt, and they click checkout. And then there's a standard checkout form, address, payment details done. So, so really, it's an incredibly, incredibly simple process. And you're tracking how many people fall off at each stage yes absolutely absolutely um so So we're not talking i know because a lot of people the kind of the reason i wanted to discuss this was because a lot of people think that a funnel is just the checkout you know someone's got as far as basket what happens next but actually a whole business funnel or a whole website funnel can be incredibly powerful in helping you identify how you get someone as far as the checkout and at the moment we're we're looking into you know how, how many of our successful checkouts have previously gone through the about page Right, so if they're doing their due diligence on us as a company, and 60% of our successful checkouts have gone through the about page on their way to checking out, then we need to make that about page 10 times better. Because actually, it's one of those things, you always look at the, the funnel as the shortest distance between two points, right? From landing page to success page or checkout success page. But actually, that's almost never how it works. You have a quick look at the about page, you might click on my face you might click on my twitter profile you might have a mooch around a dig around those are all parts of the funnel um and understanding that um you know we have a pretty comprehensive blog uh, where we explain various processes printing and how print t-shirts can be used do people check that out and actually how can we optimize those pages through which people uh, pass um because it's not just about the simple checkout uh, process. Uh, and one thing we're thinking about is actually, does the, the simplicity of the checkout process engender enough trust? In other words, do people look at it and go, that was too easy, I'm suspicious. How, <laughs> how can I get a, such a good quality product if it's only taken me um, two and a half minutes to check out? Yeah. I don't believe rightly or wrongly so we we uh we had a tweet a handful of months ago somebody uh tweeted us they we'd made a claim about being the fastest t-shirt ordering service in the world um someone had timed it 
they come onto the site and in two and a half, maybe just under three minutes, they bought 100 high-quality screen-printed T-shirts for an event. And they tweeted us the screen grab of the timer. Um, but actually, from for a lot of people, they might be suspicious of that. How can I get such a good quality product in that short time? Because we're always yeah, does that take away some of the power of it? Exactly, and so we're always told this thing about you know fast, good, uh, cheap. Pick two, right? You can only you know. So how are we managing to do all those three things at once? Does that set alarm bells off? So we're just thinking about how we can add in maybe one or two steps that don't necessarily add a huge amount of more time, but just engender a little bit like. It's all right. We've got you. We're holding your hands. It's belt and braces. Don't think that because it's quick, it's not thorough. It's just that we've designed it so well that we capture everything in two pages rather than the six or seven pages and clicks you would have to go through with a normal process. So, um, yeah, I think there's a sweet spot. And through measuring all this stuff is the only way you ever really understand what works. Excellent. Well, Neil, it's... uh... I could carry on talking about this for many, many hours, but I think we need to get ourselves into the top tips round. Sure. Before we dive into the top tips, here's a reminder of our sponsor. Are you struggling to see a return on investment from your email comms? Imagine a letter that you know your customer would want to read. Imagine if it could write and send itself at the very moment you know your customer would want to read it. Paper Planes links online behaviour to highly relevant, personalised, tangible media that lands with customers within 48 hours. That's programmatic direct mail, and that's what Paper Planes deliver. Visit flypaperplanes.co.uk to see how it works and quote Masterplan to receive a discount of up to 50% off rate card for any campaigns triggering 10,000 prints or over. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Neil, first up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Uh, Hands down, it would be The Mom Test by Rob Fitzpatrick. Um, It's about validating your business. Um, Million and one people, everyone's got an idea now for an Apple website. Oh, what about, I don't know dating service for dogs or you know whatever someone to bring me um dessert after dinner Uh, everyone's Mm -hmm. got an idea for that but actually uh this book really tells you how to uh validate your idea the basic premise is that if you ask your mum um is this a good business idea? She'll look you in the eyes and say, yes, dear, it's a great idea. Um, and fundamentally, everyone lies to us on one level or another. And actually asking people, traditional customer research, is this a good idea or not, is generally not very good. Um, the only way of really finding out if, if a business idea is good or not is asking someone to pay you for it. That's it. Giving it a go. Yeah. So, so how do you validate an idea without actually launching an idea? And I think this business, uh, this book will save people. Ten, I mean, I know people who've remortgaged their house and taken out loans for an idea that was never going to fly uh, because everyone around them said, it's a great idea. And everyone says it with their hand on their heart and they mean it. But actually, there's a difference between a great idea and a business that people are willing to pay for. And I, I've seen people lose three years of their lives and £40,000 um, because they tried to launch an idea that was that was a good idea, but not a good business. Cool. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, we're looking at stuff now around content. Obviously, content's a, a really big thing. Um, 
I, I'm now trying to look at the value chain. So sites like Quora and Reddit, those sites that kind of have a Q&A element or those sites already get fantastic traffic. They have great SEO. Um, so without being too spammy, how can you get into those sites and answer questions? One of our biggest referrers is a question about T-shirts on uh, Quora.com. Uh, and I think we get probably 10 to 15 hits a day uh, from that one site alone. And we haven't and that I answered, I answered a question on there maybe a year ago, and it still drives good quality traffic every single day. Excellent. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? Okay, because we're a distributed team, we have people in Bulgaria and the UK. Slack is absolutely key for us as a, as a messaging tool. We've uh, it tells us when we've had a sale it allows us to communicate privately uh, or as a or as a group um and on top of that as i mentioned earlier live chat uh single best sales tool we we have at the moment excellent the startup top tip then if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business what would be your first tip for them don't spend too much time or money think what is the simplest quickest way that i can get someone to validate this business don't think about setting up a big website with fancy graphics and logo actually get one of your products and go down the pub and try and sell it or go to you know how or, or basically send a tweet hey does anyone buy want to buy this thing for ten dollars if that works then start building a website but don't don't spend days and weeks and hours and thousands of pounds building something you don't you do not know that you need just yet Excellent. Well, Masterplan World, you can find all those top tips and links to the very many other things we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Neil, before we say goodbye, would you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Okay, so you can find us as at ramptshirts.com. Um, we're very easy to find on Twitter, Instagram, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and I'm at Neil Cocker pretty much everywhere uh, if you want to say hello or pick my brains. And also, if any of your listeners want to get 5% off T-shirts, they just use the code MASTERPLAN uh, and that'll, uh, that'll see them right. And also, like I mentioned before, just pop a question in the live chat box if you have any queries. Marvellous. Well, we'll add links to all of that and details of that discount and everything else we talked about in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Neil, thank you so much for being on the Ecommerce Masterplan podcast today and for being so generous, sharing your wide ranging experience with us. It's been an absolute treat. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks, Chloe. Wow, wasn't that cool? A nice little dive into the world of tech startups, which was a, a nice little bonus there. Plus, we had some really interesting advice there from Neil on the whole whole website funnel, the importance of live chat. And quite frankly, if you haven't tested live chat on your site, you are missing a trick. It is a hugely powerful sales channel. Don't think of it as a customer service channel. Think of it as a sales channel. And uh, what else did we have in there? We also had that fantastic piece of advice in the e-commerce traffic top tip about using sites like Quora and Reddit. Now, those are sites where people are having discussions. They're a bit like forums to some extent, but so you've got to go in there being really good and really 
nice and really helpful, not excessively pitchy. So well worth a look. If there's questions in there that relate to your products and you can be helpful, then go and do it. And you may get one of those links that like Neil's got, which is just consistently bringing them quality traffic that converts. If you've enjoyed today's podcast or you've got some extra questions for Neil, he is a member of the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group. So join in the chat there and feel free to ask Neil questions there. And if you can't can't work out how to find that on Facebook, just go to ecommerceplan.com forward slash Facebook and it will take you straight there. If you're also a B2B e-commerce business like Neil's business is, then you should check out my new book. It's called The B2B E-Commerce Master Plan. Clever, eh? Uh, it's out later this month and you can sign up for details and find out lots more by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash B to B. That's the letter B, the number two and the letter B. Have a great week, all of you, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.